thanking him for who he is. I think of so many times that when I feel like I've fallen short or I'm just, you know, made the mistakes, I'm beating myself up and I think, wow, there is a father that loves me beyond measure and he is a good, good father. So as we sing this this morning, just thank Jesus for being a father and, and a lover of our souls and just embrace what he has given us today. and stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. children come up, I'm going to show you a short video here. Uh, we've asked the kids this week to bring in shoes to help people who need shoes around the world in places like Haiti and Kenya. And so uh, you'll see the display out there of the shoes that they brought. We invite you to bring shoes in if you'd like. And we're going to help people. And uh, these people, they distribute these shoes to people around the world. And, uh, and then they give them the love of Christ. So please watch a short video as they get set up.
everyone. We are so excited to just have a small group up here of just a, of the small snapshot of what was so ginormous all week in Vacation Bible School. We had so much fun, and I'm so excited for these kids. They're excited to be up here. I told them we can be loud. Normally we have to be quiet when we sit in big church, but we are going to be loud, and it's going to be fun, and feel free when we start getting these songs going because they are upbeat. Clap along. You can stand up and do it, okay? I know there's some of you that have a little funk in you, okay? All right, so we're going to start off with some worship, some fun songs, then we'll do worship songs, then we have some stuff we want to share with you. That Souls for Souls video, I just want to show you all this. You probably saw them when you came in. The kids brought those shoes in all week. And at one point when we were collecting offering, there was a pair of cute little pink flip-flops that one of the girls put in the bucket. And they just really took ownership of it. And there are a lot of people that are going to have a, their first pair of shoes now. So give them a round of applause for that because they did a great job. And we're going to go ahead and get this thing going. You guys ready? Yes? down and you can feel the magic in this place the show is starting with an exclamation we're not here to abbreviate we're gonna hit the stage with everything we got show you how it's done no one never stop all together now with your hands up this is what we do in the place to
Wanna walk? They did it first service. They're afraid now. Okay. So anyways, but they did a great job all week, and um, I'm very proud of them. They did so well. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we are going to have Mailman Hunt and Carice come up. Every day, Mailman Hunt had his post office over here, and Carice had her hiking trail. And every day, all Carice wanted was these pair of hiking boots. And every day, unfortunately, she would open her box, and it would be flippers and rollerblades and all the things except for hiking boots. So she had to go to Mailman Hunt and return the box. And every day Mailman Hunt had some great wise knowledge for her that somehow applied to what she got in the box. So he would tell, and that's actually where they would learn the main lesson. So Mailman Hunt taught the Bible lesson. He was teaching Carice. And they have something that they, they would do every day. Let's stand over here, Sid. All right. Ready? One, two, three. Mailman Hunt, give us a beat. Who can walk on Who can walk on Who can walk on Who can Good job, guys. They Thank you, Mailman Hunt and Carice. That was wonderful. Okay, so what we're going to do now is one of our favorite worship songs. It's called Stand My Ground. So everybody get back up. You guys ready? Leaders? Okay. I'm going to stand my ground. No, I will not be moved because I know what's right. That's what I'm going to do. I take, there's a choice I have to make, what's right, what's wrong, what's wise, what should I choose, on your truth I will depend, no giving up, no giving in, and with every new decision, do my best to honor you, I'm gonna stand by the ground, no I will not be moved, because I know What's right, and that's what I'm gonna do when everyone around tries to drag me down. I'm gonna stand my ground, I'm gonna stand. It doesn't matter what tomorrow brings, stormy weather or broken dreams. I know you're always there to see me through. And of this one thing I'm sure, in your love I am secure. And I'm standing on your promises, and I'll always trust in you. I'm gonna stand my ground, no, I will not be moved because I know what's right, and that's what I'm gonna do when everyone around tries to drag me down. Every day I know I won't back down Yeah, 
Cam. Go on down. Let's give them a hand as our children head back to their class. Tell you guys something else. Um, so all week when Mailman Hunt was giving the teachings, uh, you know, the stories in the Bible, we started, we followed Saul. So how Saul was such a mean, hateful person, didn't like anybody who believed in Jesus. And throughout the week, we saw the metamorphosis and what happened and how God changed him. And every day at the beginning and at the end, I would tell the kids, okay, if you, it's really, really important and we want to celebrate with you. And if you ask Jesus into your life, find somebody in a blue shirt and tell them. And that happened all week long. And I just want to let you guys know that there were so many kids this week that don't come to our church. Um, they, I, they were new. They were brand new to us. They haven't been here on Sundays or Wednesdays or trunk or treat or anything. And that's just awesome to see how God moved this week. So thank you all for your prayers. And that's that. No, and no. there's some there's some more of these. If you want a CD with these cool songs, help, help yourself. I'll see you in the foyer. They're five bucks. Let's thank Courtney and her team. What a fantastic job. We had, uh, there were 120 kids on the first day here, if you can imagine that. They just took over. So I'm glad, you know, if they would have all been up here, they would have been all over there, all right? But uh, between the two services, what a good turnout today of the kids and parents. And we're just thanking God that you're here today. As, uh, as we welcome you to our service, if you're our guest here today, We'd like to invite you to stop by our Welcome Center. We have a gift that we'd like to, uh, to share with you, and, um, and, and we're just happy that you're here this morning. Uh, Julie, do we have that one picture of the souls? Uh, I think there were, just to show you a little bit of the souls for souls, it's the, uh, the feet there. They showed this to the kids that around the world. Not everybody has shoes, the things that we take so much for granted. And uh, so we're, we're, we're encouraged by the amount of shoes that came in. We encourage you to go home, clean out your closet. You'd like to bring some shoes in, we'll receive them all week long still. And we're going to send them on to this organization that will get them in the hands of people that can use them. And uh, what, what, a, what an opportunity. We're so blessed in this country, and we take it so much for granted. So I want to encourage you, to, if you'd like to be a part of that, to please do so. Then do we have the other picture from uh, Mariah? Mariah had sent her mother a text. Uh, she, look at this. This was after one of the days of uh, uh, one, one day this week. 12.51, so she dismissed her at 12. This little girl's fifth grade, and her mother was at work, and she sent this as she was going home with her grandmother. Had a great time at church. Don't you love that? Let's give God a hand for stuff like that. That is just awesome. Awesome. I'd like to ask our ushers to come forward this morning. We'll receive our morning offering. And as they come forward, I would like to welcome our guest. Please uh, feel free to let this pass you by if you are our guest. And uh, we'd like to encourage this for those that are regular attenders, regularly growing in the grace of giving. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to give under your name. And I ask now, Lord, as we open, open up our hearts to you and open up our, uh, the things that you've given us, Lord, we respond by giving to you. Thank you for this opportunity to, to give to you and to see lives touched here and around the globe. In your name we pray. Amen.
You got to see a lot of the, it's nice to be able to showcase one of our ministries and actually let you see what's happened, uh, especially so many people volunteering. You think of the people that volunteered, they, they were here, um, just the actual time for Bible school was 20 hours. And so those volunteers that were here, the people that, that's just the time of the actual when the doors are open and the kids are here, 20 hours. So that's a part-time job. And, uh, and, and so those people came in and there were, I think, over 30 volunteers. So you had 30 volunteers times 20. That's a whole lot of hours, isn't it? And I'm so thankful to God for those type of volunteers in our church because there were way more hours on top of that that they, that they did. And, uh, and, and it paid off because people's lives were changed. This week they were talking about the Apostle Paul. And I thought, how, how interesting is it that we've been talking about the Apostle Paul? We've been on our series called Joyride. And we've been sharing about how that you can have joy. And joy is available to every person. Uh, as a follower of Christ, it, joy is expected. God can give you joy. And in the midst of everything going down, you may be dealing with some circumstances that are just catastrophic right now, things that are horrible that you have to deal with. And God tells us that you can have joy in the midst of that. He doesn't say that you won't grieve. He doesn't say that there will be no pain. He says that you can have joy in the midst of all of that, in the midst of all these things that are, are terrible and that we have to deal with. The Apostle Paul here, he was writing, this is, uh, this is actual history, actual, he lived this, he was in jail, and he's writing a letter to the, to the followers of Christ at a town called Philippi, and he's telling them, listen, you can have joy, it's four chapters, but it's packed with things about joy, it's packed about how you can have joy, and today I want to share with you how that you can have joy in your accomplishments. Now you think about your whole life, you think about everything that you worked for from the time you were a kid, uh, and you think about what was most important in your life, 
and you, you pour it all into that, and you have a past. Everybody has a past. And some people are, don't have joy because their past, they made bad decisions. There were decisions that were tough, that were challenging. Others say, well, my, my past was pretty good. I, I made all the right decisions. And this morning, we're going to look at what the Apostle Paul has to say about decisions and, 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 and about how that your accomplishments can, how that you can find joy. But the, the greatest way to find joy in accomplishments is through Christ. Uh, Dan Rather was known for writing uh, this question on a piece of paper. He kept it in three places. He kept it in his billfold, he kept one on his desk, and he kept another one in his pocket, I believe. And the question that he wrote on there was this, is what you're doing now helping the broadcast? Dan Rather, the, the, the world-famous news broadcaster, he had it written down everywhere, is what I'm doing now helping the broadcast? <clears throat> what was so important to him was the broadcast. Now, what would be written on your paper? If I were to ask you to write down on, on, and put that in your desk, put it in your pocket, uh, what would your question be? What is the most important thing to you in your life? And we're going to look here this morning, we're going to see that the Apostle Paul, he had something that was so important in his life, he thought it was the most important. As a matter of fact, you would look on the outside and say, that guy had it all together, and he's going to tell you that his list, the list that he had, it didn't match up. It, it, it was emptiness at the end of the day. And so we're going to look here this morning. The first thing he tells us to do is to watch out for those who drag you down. Um, watch out for those who drag you down. And, and we could probably say a, a loud amen to that, right? Amen. Now, when somebody's pulling you down, we have to look out for them. He says right here to look out for them, to, to watch out. In other words, stay away from them. And when people are pulling you down, uh, you're trying to succeed, you're trying to do well. And in this instance, he's talking about people who were false teachers. Now, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. There it is again, rejoice. He tells them to rejoice. Write, uh, to write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. He says, I am happy to encourage you to rejoice. Uh, it's a safe thing to tell you to rejoice. He says, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And what he was talking about here, he was talking about a group of false teachers. They were known as Judaizers. And what the Judaizers did was they, they came along and they were, they were good people at heart. They began to follow Christ. They understood that Jesus had died on the cross and that he rose again. And, uh, and that, that, was the, that was the heart of their message. But you know what these people did? They started to add to the message. They said, as, as a, uh, uh, you have the cross, and they said, it is the cross plus. And this is where they were false teaching. You see, the Bible, Jesus, it was, all the work was done by Jesus. There is nothing but trusting in Christ that you have to do that will get you to heaven. If somebody comes to you and says, accept Jesus and follow the Ten Commandments, okay? It's false teaching. Aren't we supposed to follow the Ten Commandments? Okay. The purpose for the Ten Commandments was to show you that you can't get to heaven on your own. You need the cross. Following the Ten Commandments does not gain you any favor with God. But I'm a pretty good person. Uh, these people were pretty good people too. They were saying, follow Jesus plus, and then they had another list. There was a list of 613 laws. And they said, follow these laws, and they were putting this, this heavy weight on the people. The 613 laws, do you know one of them was don't scratch a mosquito bite on the Sabbath. That would be considered work. Uh, don't walk across the lawn on the Sabbath because you might break a blade of grass and that would be considered harvest. You see, they were legalists. They, they were adding all this to the cross. And Jesus, the, the work of Christ was done. It is, the Christ, it is the cross of Christ. Faith in what Jesus has done plus nothing. You'd, if somebody comes to you and says, you have to follow Christ and... It's false teaching. Because the Bible's real clear. It is by grace alone. The Apostle Paul was real clear. Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. There's only one way to enter heaven. And it is not through the Ten Commandments. 
It is not through the 613 laws. It's not through your morality. It's, it's not through all the things that you can do. It is through what has been done over here. Jesus has done the work on the cross. So it is not plus. There is no plus. As a matter of fact, one of the things here, he says, look out for the dogs. The, uh, the, the religious leaders, that's what they called the non-Jewish people. There was the Jewish country, the Jewish nation of Israel. They were followers of, of, of the Old Testament. They were the Jews. And they would, call, they would look at the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and they would refer to them as dogs. So the Apostle Paul here says, uh, look out for those dogs, those evildoers. He's not talking about Gentiles. He's not talking about evildoers in some sort of list like these really bad people. He's talking about these really bad people that are adding something to the cross. And he says, look out for those dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. And there was this whole thing to be a Jew, a good Jew, on the eighth day when they were born, they were circumcised. And so these people were coming around, these false teachers were coming around. They said, if you want to be close to God... Follow Jesus and get circumcised. Now tell that to a 30-year-old adult Gentile, right? Ah, this isn't going to happen. And the Apostle Paul says, no. See, they were adding rituals. They were adding rituals to this. And the Apostle Paul says, that is false. It is Christ plus nothing. There is nothing that you can add to the work of, of Christ on the cross. And so he says to, to look out for them. And have you ever noticed that whenever you're, you're starting to succeed in your spiritual life, quite often somebody comes to you and they say, they may say, well, you know what, you're doing good, but you need to do this. Have you ever gotten around somebody like that? You're starting to do really well in an area of your life, and somebody says, that was really good, but. You know, if you really want to be close to God, you need to do like I do. And... The only thing that is required to have a relationship with God is the cross. Now, I'm not telling you not to uh, enjoy the good works that you can do. I'm not saying that those are not important. I'm saying that they're not something you can rely on. Because when you stand before God, God doesn't say, okay, you obeyed the Ten Commandments. Uh, you, you, You didn't scratch mosquito bite on the Sabbath. He doesn't say that. He says, did you trust my son Jesus? Jesus died on the cross. I I sent my only son. Have you trusted him? Have you applied that to your life? I've given you the gift of eternal life, and you didn't have to work for it. You didn't have to pay for it. You didn't have to do anything. All you had to do was open your heart and by faith receive it. And that's our entrance into heaven. Jesus himself said there's one way into heaven, and it's through Christ Jesus. Um, He says here, as he continues here, and and by the way, the, the word mutilate there, it's uh, in the Greek, in the original, remember this wasn't written in English, it was written in Greek. When Paul said it, it's, uh, it's, it's like one syllable away from the word circumcision. So he's using the play on word and he says, look out for those who mutilate. It'd be like saying tomato and potato, that close in words. And so, so he says, look, look out for those who mutilate. And he, and, and he changes, and he's saying, look, watch out for them because that's all they're doing because the, the ritual will not save you. The ritual cannot save you. And then he goes on to verse 3. He says, for we are the circumcised. In other words, we as followers of Christ, we are the real circumcision. In other words, look, it's not about a ritual. It's about we are the followers of Christ. We are following what he did on the cross. We worship by the Spirit of God, and we glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. The second thing to do this morning is to take a good look at who you are. Take a good look at who you are. Look out for those who will drag you down. And then secondly, take a good look at who you are. Um, Are you a person who worships God in spirit? Do you worship the Lord? Uh, Do you have a relationship with Him? Ask yourself that. Uh, Do you glorify Christ? Is, Is God being glorified by your life? That's what He's calling for us. So we have to look at who we are as we are followers of Christ. And as you do that, I want you to see what what the Apostle Paul did here. The Apostle Paul, he, he, put, he says, I put no confidence in the flesh. And he's not talking about in my hands and in my feet. He's talking about the, the idea here is this concept of living life without the power of God. 
says, I put no confidence in what I can do, in my good works, and the good things that I can do without the power of God. Because here's reality. Tomorrow, you're going to go to work. You're going to get up, and you have to do things. And you have an option to do them in your power or to do them with the power of God. So there's, that's a big option. Do I do them in, in my power or do I do them in the power of God? I find that when I do things in my power, I struggle a little bit. Uh, my attitude is pretty good for the first half of the day. And then after lunch, if I haven't had lunch, it gets really grumpy, right? Uh, I need the power of God in my life. And that's where, this is, this is what makes marriage work. If you want to have a successful marriage, don't put confidence in your flesh in the fact that you have a great personality because all personalities are under stress in marriage. Oh, did I just say that? All personalities are under stress, aren't they? That's, it's the reality of life. We get together. There's two people, and, 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 and where there's movement, uh, there, there's, you know, there, there's, we bump into each other. We have, we have disagreements. And so I can't put the strength into my personality. I can't put the strength there. I have to come and rely on God's strength. Put no confidence in your flesh. And so the Apostle Paul, as we continue here, he says, he says that... Um, that though I, verse 4, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. The Apostle Paul says, let me tell you a little bit. Let me tell you a little bit. If there were a reason to brag, and nobody can, but if there were a reason to brag, I have bragging rights. I can tell you how good I was. And he starts. Look at the list of what he does here. He says, first of all, he was... Uh, and, he, and we'll just make this his little checklist here, all right? He checks off that uh, uh, rituals. He was, he was the person of rituals. He was circumcised on the eighth day, like all good Jewish boys were. He had a great beginning. His mom made the right decisions for him. And from the day one, things were going good in his life. And so he was circumcised on the eighth day. So he says, I have, uh, I have all the rituals. I understand the rituals and check. I, I check that off my list. And then he says, I've, I'm of the nation of Israel. He was a citizen of the nation of Israel. And he's bragging here basically about that he's patriotic. Okay? He's, he's, a, he's a good citizen. He's, he's of Israel. He's not a Gentile. He's not of any other country. He's of the, the country that was God's chosen people. And he says, I was of the nation of Israel. And then he says, I am of the tribe of Benjamin. And when he says that, he basically says, I am elite. It'd be like saying, not only am I American, but I'm from Pittsburgh. It is a stiller nation, is it not, folks? Right? I mean, you go anywhere in the country and we are the most wanted people in America, right? So it's like we have this pride. And so he's saying, listen, not only am I a Jew, but I was from the tribe of Benjamin. I was from the best of the best. And then he says, he says, I was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Hmm. When he's telling you that, a Hebrew of Hebrews, he's saying, I, I understood this, and he's saying, I was super religious. He said, I had religion covered. I went to church. Oh, I forgot the G, didn't I? <laughs> So you can't rely on religion. Ha, got you on that one, didn't I? <laughs> this is why you should never do this off the cuff, right? So he, he said, I have religion. And, and he says, listen, I, I, I obeyed. I, went to, I was in the synagogue. I, I had my bar mitzvah. You name it, I had it. I have it all done. From day one, from when my parents started with the rituals, then I carried them on, and I kept following religion in my life. And then he, he says, on top of that, he says, as to the law, I was a Pharisee. He says, he says not only that, but I, I was a religious leader. Uh, he was an aristocrat. And you know I'm not even going to try to spell that, right? He was an aristocrat. Uh, he says, listen, I, I was in the in crowd of leadership. And then he says, on top of that, the next verse, he says that I persecuted Christians. As to zeal, I persecuted the church. So, so what had happened here, uh, he has a lot of zeal. 
And he comes out, he's a, he is, he's, in this, he's a Jew, he's a devout Jew, and as he's following the ways of the Jewish faith, this new movement starts, followers of Christ. And, and they weren't open to this at first. And, and he says, I persecuted those new believers. I persecuted anything that was opposite that didn't meet our standard. Uh, he, religion, he followed the 613 laws. He had this all together. And then he says, he says, and under the law, blameless. Uh, in other words, he says, I was legal. I followed the law to the letter of the law. I was faultless. I didn't scratch mosquito bites on the Sabbath. I had it all covered. And then he goes on to say this. He takes that list and he says, if anybody had bragging rights, it was me. The Apostle Paul says, if there's anybody that could brag, it was the Apostle Paul. Then the next verse here, verse 10, the next one there. He says, but whatever gain I had, he looks at his list. He's just given you his bragging rights. He says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Is there gain to these things? He, you bet. He poured his life into this. This was the list he was living for. But the Apostle Paul found out that there's another list. You may know that in some companies they keep two sets of books. Have you ever heard of that? Highly, highly illegal, right? But they keep two sets of books. There's the books, and then there's the real books. And he was keeping the books. But then he found the real list. And he says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. And then ver the next verse here, he says this. It says, indeed, I counted everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. It is not the cross plus your list. It is not the cross plus my list. It is the cross. What Jesus did, he died on the cross, he, he was buried and he rose again. And God says, I love you so much that you don't have to keep a list anymore. I love you so much and I know you can't keep the Ten Commandments and I love you in spite of that. I know that you're not perfect and I love you and I am going to rescue you. So he sends Jesus, he dies on the cross, pays for your sin, comes back to life again and the Apostle Paul says, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all this. In other words, I gave my life to be a Pharisee. I followed those rules, and I strove to be good. And have you ever noticed, when you're striving to be this, it is really hard. I've talked to a few people who have told me this. They said, you don't know how hard it is to be good. I said, you think it's easy for me? It's hard. It's hard to strive. Driving is not what God wants. He wants you to trust His Son. So the Apostle Paul says, I've counted them all as rubbish. The word there is, is sewage. I've counted them all as sewage. He said, I've taken that list and I traded in for the cross. And uh, that I may gain Christ. He says, in other words, this list will not gain you Christ. It will not gain you righteousness. The next verse here, verse 9, he tells us here, he says, And be found in him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Righteousness from God does not depend on your list. We've been taught all of our lives to make a list. We've been taught all of our lives to do better. We've been taught all of our lives to, to, if you're a better person, your life will go better for you. And listen, that is the same teaching pretty much of all religions out there. Live a better life and it will be better. But Jesus was not the, the teaching of, the, of all others. You can go out and you can look at uh, uh, many different faiths. will tell you how to be better. 
That's all about you trying to gain God's favor. The Apostle Paul says, I count it as rubbish that I may gain the righteousness of God. How did he gain the righteousness of God? Look what it says. Not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law. And he just told you he was faithful. He was flawless at the law. But that which comes through faith in Christ. Faith. Jesus said you have to have faith of a mustard seed. Did you ever see a mustard seed, how small they are? It's incredible. Compare a mustard seed to an apple seed. He didn't say faith of an apple seed. He said faith of a mustard seed, that little tiny. You just trust that Jesus did it all. I talked to a lady yesterday. She told me, she said, I'm somewhere in between believing that God exists and believing that he doesn't exist. I said, well, that's quite a place to be between, isn't it? And I invited her to come to church here, and she'll probably be here in the next few weeks. She said, she, I said, listen, skeptics are welcome here. And they are. Skeptics are welcome. We, we want you to discover the claims of Christ. But it's so simple. Faith. Just childlike. You know, we, these little kids up here, you saw these kids up here this morning? These little kids, they can have faith to receive Christ. And that's what God wants for you and I. Faith to receive Christ. Righteousness that comes from God doesn't depend on your works. Oh, I realize this is so hard. This is so anti how we've been trained all of our life. But the Apostle Paul says, if you want to have joy, stop building your list. Count it as rubbish. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, I want to encourage you to have freedom from your list this morning. What would be on your pocket, the note in your pocket like Dan Rather? What would that note say? Would it say your job? Would it say your family? Would it say trying to be a good person? Or would it say Christ? Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, I have found joy with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning I invite you. Maybe you've come to this church all of your life. And maybe inadvertently you were just making a list and didn't realize it. Or maybe you've never been to church before and today's your first day. I want to encourage everyone in this place to take the, take the list and count it as rubbish. To throw it away and come to the cross. Come to Jesus. And if that's you this morning, you can, you can pray a prayer real simple. Just with your heads bowed and eyes closed, pray something like this to God. Dear God, I am a sinner. I've not lived a perfect life. I need a Savior. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life for me, and I invite you into my heart now, Lord. God, I'm, stop, I'm going to stop trusting in that list. And I'm starting to trust you today, Lord. That you paid for my sin. That you came back to life for me. God, I don't understand it all. But like a little child today, I open my heart to you. And I invite you into my life. And for others in this room, maybe you've been following Christ for some time, but... You got a little sidetracked onto your list. You remember the day that you, where you started and maybe you haven't grown much. Maybe you've abandoned it. You've just walked away from it. Maybe you had some trials in life and you thought God wasn't there anymore. May I, may I call you to Christ this morning? Because He has a plan for your life. He's not finished with you yet. Just come to Him. Throw the list away this morning and say, God, I need you. I don't want to be a slave to rules. I don't want to be a slave to laws. I want to be a, a slave to Christ and His love. Father God, be with our congregation, Lord. Thank you for this wonderful group of people. Thank you for allowing us to come week in and week out and to open your word and to see the freedom that we have in Christ. 
Thank you for Paul's encouraging testimony that, that he's been set free, free indeed. God, we thank you that you are a father who loves us because of who you are. God, be with your people as they respond to you this morning. In your name we pray, amen. I'd like to invite you to stand with us as we close our service. We're just going to sing, sing a, a little bit of the song here. If you'd like to come and kneel and pray, feel free to do so as we close our service. You're a good, good father. Father.